Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you and from our good friends at Training Pros who make the show possible. We also have in the studio with us Miss Leanne Langford. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. I'm enjoying summer. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just coming off a little time in the mountains. And uh, we've hit that point where the nephews are starting to beat me at all the sports. You know, it's a major turning point in the relationship, and I am absolutely worn out. That's bad. bad. (laughs) How about you? What have you been up to since I saw you last? Um, Well, I've been working with our clients and consultants. I've been on a couple of little trips. I've been doing like long weekend trips this summer, you know, since I don't have school to deal with. Good for you. Yes, just having a little fun and enjoy. You know, summer is a, an easier time to take some time off. So, been fun. Yeah. Um, so, do you go to warmth or to the mountains? What's your warmth? See, that's my play too. So, are you, you're a beach lady. Like you go to the beach. I, yeah, I love the ocean. Yeah, me too. Stone goes to the mountains. But I grew up at the beach, so my parents always went to the mountains. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, who'd you bring with you today? Well, today I brought um, Jason Holland from NCR, and he has got a wealth of experience and a lot of experience speaking publicly. He does a lot of speaking at conferences, speaking of which we have a conference next week we're going to be doing. Um, Training Pros is an exhibitor at the ATD ACE conference in Atlanta. We do it every year. And if you're going to be around consultants, come by and visit us at the booth or um, any Anybody in a company, feel free to stop by. But we usually meet a lot of consultants at this, which makes it a a good use of our time. Nice. But yeah, Jason Holland, you're going to enjoy talking to him. Well, let's find out if that's true. But I'm sure it is. Uh, Jason, NCR, can you give us a little uh, background, mission, purpose of the organization and give us a little insight into your role? Uh, Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, number one. Number two, I actually go to the mountains, too. So something in common there. Do you? Yeah, so uh, NCR, we are a global leader in consumer transaction and translation technologies, software-driven. So transaction, that's... Translaction or transaction. (laughs) Is it transaction translation? Transaction translation. It's consumer transaction technologies. Now, I consider all of you say that five times fast (laughs) with me, right? That's part of the hazing when you have a new person come on. Yeah, well, yeah, the five times. It's part of the uh, new hire onboarding experience since we are talking about training today. (laughs) Right, right. So, uh, uh, you know, tagline, software-driven, hardware-enabled. What does that really mean? Uh, all of you in this room and, and listening to this, I'm sure, have touched our technology So, in some way or another, whether that's uh, self-check-in at an, at an airline, uh, top five airlines, or uh, maybe using an ATM or a self-checkout in a, in a, in a hardware store or, or a retail store. So I'm sure you've touched our technology uh, a lot of it we see out out in front uh, to our customers, but also uh, very strong software behind all of that, driving all of that technology for our customers. So pretty exciting company, by the way, about 135 years old too. So wow. not a young company. So what did they? What machines did they start with? Cash registers. NCR used to stand for National Cash Register, founded in Dayton, Ohio. So a long history of technology. Wow, and, and, and to innovation. stay up with the times, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's the power. Uh, of the company is being able to be such a tenured company and still be innovative in today's market. Right. Like they didn't say, hey, we're cash registers and that's it. Absolutely. 
They look Absolutely. beyond it. That's well, there's been companies that have done exactly right. that, and you don't hear from them anymore. Now, mm. back in those days, they probably didn't have a technical learning leader. It's interesting, um, and I'm sure an NCR expert will come out and email me and correct me for anything I say that's wrong. But if you look back over NCR's history, the repair business was founded out of uh, necessity. Salespeople, whether on stagecoaches or trains, going out to you know small towns to sell new products, were also often tagged to understand and help their customer fix their product. And that helped that leadership at the time understand, you know, there's really a need for that type of service. So, And today, so what? tell us a little bit about your role in today's age. So today I lead what's called the technical training team for NCR. Uh, we take care of two major audiences. We have a lot of other small audiences, but the major audiences are service operations center agents, fancy way for saying help desk agents. And then uh, another large audience, which we'll focus on today, I'm sure, is we call our customer engineers. That's our field technicians that actually fix all that equipment that I mentioned a little bit ago. So lead that team for uh, course development, delivery, training, performance support, everything that we need to do, including targeted learning as well. So when the people are in the field and they're actually on site at your customer's place of work to fix things, yeah, is that right? Absolutely. So uh, whether that's an automated type of um, you know response or someone physically picking up the phone and saying, my unit doesn't work, please help me. Uh, we have a very large dispatch team that takes care of that, sends uh, our customer engineer uh, often with a lot of analytics around, do they have the right part? Do we think they'll need this particular part? Are they the closest? All, all of those types of analytics go into play. But then they have to also have, so they have to have the technical skills to Absolutely. do that, but they also have the soft skills to deal with in person, face-to-face -face with the customer. Yeah, a customer engineer and even you know a help desk agent, uh, they require multiple layers of training. You can almost think of those people as their own little CEO of their own company. So for a customer engineer, for example, uh, driving around in their vehicle, they're managing parts, they're managing people, they're managing their vehicle. Um, and we haven't even begun talking about technical skills and repairing equipment yet, uh, which happens after they interact with customers, as you said. So uh, really for a customer engineer, uh, the technical repair piece, which we spend a lot of time training on, is really just one component of their overall job. Well, I, I have to imagine that at least in the in the recruiting, you've got to look for that person that can immediately walk into an environment and be a calming presence. Because when my stuff is not working, I'm not calm as the customer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you must put a lot of attention toward that in the, in the recruiting, I would think. Well, let's think about it for just a minute. Um, so... Full transparency, used to be a technician. So uh, I, I, like many people in the training world, I believe, kind of fell in the training, right? And right. became their new passion. But I started my life as one of these people. So um, you were in the car driving to the place. I was doing all of that, you know, hundreds of miles a week, you know, many, many customers. And I will just tell you, by nature, technicians are not always the best at customer interactions. So we spend a lot of time. They're, they're typically very, very good at fixing technical problems. And think of any technical person that you know, even mechanics for that nature, right? Yeah. Really need to work on their uh, interpersonal skills. Their bedside manner. Exactly. <laughs> Spend a lot of time on that. And it's one of those things that uh, you cannot target as a like a one and done approach for training. <laughs> you have to have it just it's a recurring. It's ongoing. It's ongoing, recurring over and over, right? Now, do you hire for 
technical skills and then train for these softer skills, or do you hire for the softer skills and train for the technical? So we have a, a very large uh, talent acquisition team, which we tie into very tightly, um, especially from a new hire perspective. So we know who's coming on when and what they need to be trained on. Uh, they have a very large set of gate style questions, and it really um, is balanced between the two. So they are looking for interpersonal style skills. Of course, that happens just with the discussions and every day. And then they're looking for a base technical knowledge. Uh, as I'm sure you can imagine, being in our type of industry, it's really a niche type of uh, expertise to work on an ATM yeah. or a self-checkout. So looking for a base technical knowledge and just really, like we're doing here, good conversational ability to uh, interact with people. So. And with the technology advances in a lot of arenas, but particularly yours, I would think that there are things that you need to know and have in your head and, and be ready with on the spot, but they also have to be just as adept at just at going to find answers. They need to know how to go find answers. It's just too right. many. It's too much to hold all in your head, right? I think an interesting thing is uh, for most companies, I, I can speak for ours as well, that you become very proud of your onboarding, your new hire program, and then how structured it is and the amount of time and how targeted it is. But then when you step back for just a moment, exactly what you just said, you realize, I'm really expecting this new person to remember all of this, yeah. right? So now, how do I help them performance support? How do I help them teach them how to fish? How do I find what I need to know when I need to know it? Uh, kind of like Leanne and I were talking about, really, you think of a, a Google or a YouTube today, it's no longer a noun. We've really turned that into right, it's a, a verb. verb, right? It's an <laughs> action. And that's really where everyone goes to, not just technicians, but everyone goes today to say, how do I do X? How do I fix my dryer? My ATM is making this symptom. Show me a three minute or less video that shows me my symptom. And oh, by the way, shows me ideas how to fix it. I don't care about production value. I don't care about pretty lights and perfect audio. It can be a shaky hand with a cell phone. Just show me how to do it. That's really where it's going today. Now, um, can you share maybe some best practices in that area? What have you learned that can help kind of get the person ready to make those kind of in the field uh, operational kind of uh, where they're able to find what they need to find when they need to find it? I think that's the biggest challenge personally for any large corporation is putting technology in place that makes it easy to find that information. Um, so for a company like us, we, we do a very good job of creating help information, uh, creating multiple different ways of you to get answers. Um, the challenge, and I think what training does a very good job of, is translating that and making it accessible. So for our case, um, the videos that I mentioned, right? We, we have multiple different performance support style videos. We started off very early concerned about does it look good? Does it sound good? Are, so you're spending a right? lot of energy in that a side. A lot of, of energy. And then you step back and you realize, well, I hold up my cell phone. This is what they're watching it on. And the screen is not a high definition 20 inch right. monitor. Right. It's this five inch cell phone monitor. Um, I don't need that production value. It's really about the content. And we have found uh, in many cases, it, it truly is about the content. Is it valuable? Those are the ones that get the most watches and the most hits, um, not the ones with production value. So there wasn't really a correlation between production value and views? Not, not that we've seen, mm -hmm. right? Um, Which is kind of counterintuitive, right? Yeah, really. But I kind of mm -hmm. go back to YouTube. I hate to keep dropping mm -hmm. YouTube, but I, 
you know, air conditioner in my car wasn't working correctly. What did I do? What did I do? YouTube. And, it, and it's a, you know, a gentleman who's not the best English, not the best recording skills, but he showed me how to fix it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that way you got it done. Do you, do you get right. the content from your technicians in the field? So something we're, we're kind of branching into, we haven't done that yet. Of course, you can imagine there's a lot of, uh, you know, are we sharing the right type of information? That's right. kind of our next evolution is... Well, you know, you get their hacks, you know, how they right. solve the exactly. problem in the field because they're out there in the belly of the beast, right? So they're, right. you know, with the, the clocks ticking, the person's looking over their shoulder and they got to get the stuff done and they might have stumbled upon something mm -hmm. that works pretty effectively. And I think that's the next evolution in performance support is opening opening that uh, methodology in that way for them to share their information from a mm -hmm. field level to the world. Right. So, uh, and, and what they've done. And then you'll see, I guess, if that happens, then the, the, the ones that have the most views are probably going to be the best solutions. <laughs> right. It'll, it'll it kind of sort is. itself out. <laughs> the most interesting thing I find, um, uh, a particular video we did was, I wouldn't say controversial, but it was on a, it was on a uh, topic that people often made mistakes on, but they thought they were right. Think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, very simple process and more learning, I think happened in the comments of that video. Right. Um, that's another part of that. Yeah. You don't even think about that. Exactly. The comments are where, you know, people are tweaking mm -hmm. and then saying, Hey, I did it this way. Right. Or what do you do if this, you have this machine from this year or right. whatever. It was fun to just watch the comments. Right. Um, you know, I helped actually do that one. So you really, <laughs> your so instinct now, says, no, go tell them they're wrong. Right. <laughs> right. But it, so you had to step back and just watch. And it was really amazing to watch people make, you know, incorrect assumptions. And then really those senior experts come in and say, no, this is the way it is. The video is correct because, right. and it's just back and forth. It, it was really impressive. So. But this idea of uh, applying some structure for this peer-to-peer -peer contribution, that sounds right. to me like it has some legs. And In my opinion, I, th that's where learning needs to go. So yes, I, you will always have a place for instructor-led hands-on, especially in our environment. You mm -hmm. will always have a place for So virtual. you still bring them to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, so that's still part of the process. It is part of the process. The the transformation of that that whole process with these other types of tools is how do I, well, obviously decrease the amount of time. Now you're talking ultimately savings, but not only decrease, but maximize their time while they're here. So instead of teaching them things that maybe they just need to look for, right? Right, and go and watch the video at their house right, or wherever they are. How do I teach them the core items and then when to know when to look for things and right. what to look for? And how to effectively look. Right. right. At, in my opinion, right, uh, from a training perspective, we're shifting, at least what I see, is we're shifting from a, a very structured, instructor-led, virtual, web-based type of thing to more of knowledge shepherds, if, if you will. You're right. Sherpa. <laughs> I'm a, we're a Sherpa of knowledge. So, so right now, in the current state of things, where do the formal curricula decisions come from? Is it coming from the field, or is it coming from you trying to... So we have a very unique type of uh, a setup. Really, we, we have training, especially for these field technicians. Think of it as in three levels. Uh, you have your new hires. So I, I bring on a new person. Where are they going? What type of install base do they have? And what do I need to teach them to be successful? That's, that's a very structured program. And that's in person? Every person comes to you? Um, that's actually a very blended approach of virtual, web-based then they come to us, then they're tied with mm -hmm. mentors with very specific mentoring programs. Very structured program. But then you have two other audiences, especially in a in technical world. Uh, one is what happens when we build a new product 
and we start Which to deploy never that happened. Product, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we never we never happen. We do it all the time. So it's it's having those relationships with understanding where our customers buying them, how do we help those existing technicians come up to speed? When do you actually make the decision to spend the money on uh, in person instructor versus the benefit of doing you know targeted videos? And then finally, the third one really is, and this is really a new area for us, is targeting lower performing technicians. So uh, who is not doing well? Who's running the most calls? Not doing well and not from a, an entire machine level, but from a very targeted module. So maybe you're doing well on four of the five modules, but it's, it's that fifth one that you're really struggling with. How do I help you with that? Right. And whether that's a virtual video, maybe it, in some cases it even is hands-on and, and is near of a, you know, mobile type of training situation. Now, how are you capturing those metrics for that? So the, the metrics is always a challenge, right? But for us and for our team, it's real simple. I, I found that we really, I wouldn't say stumble started, but maybe that's a fair way to say it, by trying to go figure out what metrics should we use. And really, we had the epiphany, and you're all going to say, well, duh. But we had the epiphany, why not just use the same metrics the business is using, right? And go ask well, the business. Well, there's an idea. I, I like know. That. It's kind of a duh, right? <laughs> so, I mean, the same exact metrics that our field uh, managers are using today, and then just, we just asked the business, tell me, what does a good CE look like? Just just tell me, right? And then we just filter out top 10% by month, our worst performing 10% by month. Um, we add some analytics in there, and then a, a person looks through the list and says, oh, you were hired here, then these types of parameters. We recommend these types of things. And then the decision's up to the manager at that point. What do we do next? And but from a technician standpoint, how do you know, like how are you being judged? Like are you the speed in which you solve the problem and get out or the fewer problems, like how? So uh, again, this is going to be another <laughs> duh statement for you, right? From a, from a technician perspective is when I fix it, how long does it stay fixed? So remember, we're dealing with equipment here. It's much like an ATM. It runs 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, right? Nonstop. Right. So it, it's not like um, it ever gets a break. So how long does it stay fixed? How many times do we have to go back over a year's time uh, to repair something. Did we, we not do it right the first time and have to go back again and try again? Those are the type of technicians we try to target to say, we see you're struggling. Um, if it is a knowledge issue, here are things we can help you with with knowledge and bring your skills up. So our mantra is really simple. Field will help you understand what skills you need to be successful in your area. Don't worry about what training's involved. That's our job. Mm -hmm. We'll take care of that for you. But that conversation uh, warrants some elegance too. It I does. mean, yet now you now you put. Do you find sometimes resistance from either the the technician or the manager to training for like the journeyman? You know, they've been at it a while. They're out there mm -hmm. doing good mm -hmm. good work. And I'm asking because I'm trying to envision if if I were to get a memo from corporate mm -hmm. for me to go to host training. I mean, intellectually, I understand why I can always get better, and there's probably stuff to sure. learn. And I'm busy. And you know mm -hmm. we're 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 doing okay here. Mm -hmm. Do you get do you get that? Well, yeah. Let's just be honest. It's also semi-insulting if someone tells you <laughs> you're not the best. Uh, really, it is right. right? Um, really. So yes, um, we're fortunate that we're we're in an environment that uh, training and developing people is an extremely important uh, thing for NCR. I'm a I'm a product of that. So. Um, but yes, you still do get the pushback. So it's usually at a technician level. Um, you know, technicians are proud, just like you said, I know how to do this and you're telling me I don't. So for us, it's walking the line of, uh, I'm not here to enforce. 
I'm just here to say, this is what I see, and here's what I recommend um, that you do. But manager, you own the field. You own the right. people, not me. Um, if you say I'm wrong, right, I'm you're wrong. a tool for them. That's it. That's it. And that's, you know, that's kind of the relationship we have um, with them instead of being a compliance Right. You're not driver. the police. Exactly. <laughs> right. um, and we have really fallen into that position of we want to be consultants. We want to be, I don't know how to do something. And maybe it's not even mm-hmm. training, but I'm going to call the training guys because they might know. Right. right? And that, well, that's no small feat, though. I can just tell you from personal mm-hmm. experience, there are more than a few organizations. Absolutely where that is not at all the relationship right. between the rank and file and the learning and development or training department. Well, let's, let's just be also transparent. I'm not saying we're a hundred percent Nirvana uh, right. and there, right. But we're getting there. Right. And we can see the vision. I feel like um, if I looked back a year ago that our partnership and our consulting and our level of trust, um, that the fact that uh, our training department is made up of a lot of people like myself as well. Um, there's just already a, a camaraderie there. So I think that helps us a lot, um, being that we're kind of on the same level. Um, we have a strong uh, business partner relationship with people that that's all they do is interact with the businesses, make recommendations. Um, so th- I think that helps a lot, but you're right. You will always have pushback because let's face it, uh, in today's high stress environment, when someone comes to you to say you could get better, it's usually because <laughs> they want to scold you for being bad, right? Right. So I think it is driving and owning that conversation to say, look, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to help you. Um, and I'm To not, help you be the best you. That's so. it. I'm just here to help you. I'm not making it up. And, you know, it, it's hard to take emotions away from data. Well, that's why the metrics are the metrics. You know, if and we all agreed on this as the metrics that we're all going yeah. by, I mean, they are what they are. And that's why you use the business metrics. Right. Because you don't have to defend it. Right. Now, um, NCR is a global company. How does that, uh, how do those challenges come into play here? Uh, Technology, technology, technology. (laughs) But isn't culture, like the cultures in the different countries? You know what I find interesting? So I'm this particular role I, uh, I was promoted into in February of this year. And, uh, while I had a global focus, I thought, um, it's really different today than it was just a few months ago. What are, Yes, cultures are different in other countries, but what I've really learned is the problems at their root are the same. Technicians are struggling with uh, customer interactions. They may not be performing well in a particular area. They could use a little more training or a little bit of help in this area. Um, Yes, you have cultural differences, but the root of the problem is the same. Every country and region leader is asking for the same thing. Help me understand what skills do I need, what my gaps are, and what can I do to get better. They've all asked me the same exact thing, just a slightly different way. So is the service experience in your world also a good opportunity to uncover uh, new business opportunities for more equipment, more service? Is that something Uh, your folks are supposed to be looking for as well? Yeah. If you look at our technicians, uh, they really are the face of the customer or a face of NCR that the customer sees every day. So yes, we, we have a robust sales team. They have play a lot of interactions, a, a robust account team. But if you think of a survey that you've had for a good, you know, interaction, you know, someone came and did work at your house or on your vehicle, you were the customer. Uh, you probably don't care about the corporation. You care about the person that came and took care of right. your problem. So, yeah, their interactions not only help drive sales, but honestly, on the flip side, if it's not a good interaction, can help you lose customers. So as you keep coming back to the interaction part is, is huge. It's 
it's huge. Well, and I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of a senior level leader, the ROI on the work you're doing, this is not soft ancillary stuff. This could have right. a, a very meaningful impact on the bottom line. Well, if you want to talk bottom line, I mean, beyond not only the customer interaction, but just look at, um, so customer interaction, huge, right? We, we said that. Get customers, lose customers. But look on a daily operational level. If you have a technician struggling to do something and they have to go back two, three, multiple times, four right. times, well, that's multiple trips that we had to take again that we could have been mm-hmm. doing something else. And, uh, Helping another customer. Which is impacting right. uh, our, you know, our headcount and what we need to be successful to help other customers. So, you know, performance at its core, right? While training is not always, you know, the, the magic, the, the magic pill that you can swallow will fix everything. We, we, we have a strong role in helping make sure those technicians and everyone is successful. It rolls up. Now, the, when a technician's actually in the location, is there a role for them to kind of help the salespeople as well? Because they're, the, they're actually going to the p- location. Can they kind of see opportunities or make recommendations? In sure, that sure. They certainly can. They're, they're enabled to do that for many things. Um, now, I will say our technicians will not always you know, right. I mean, in a I, position I, to sell right, an ATM. I, but, I'm not thinking that they're yeah. a salesperson, but can they at least the eyes and ears of the sales force to say, hey, look, they have this, this is from this year, there might be an opportunity for an upsell here or... Yeah, I'll go back in history, right? I won't say ancient history, but I'll go back in history. (laughs) Um, It wasn't uncommon for me, for example, to be on a customer site and say, you know, they're they're experiencing a lot of power type of issues. It's causing failures in this equipment that, uh, you know, every time I go out, I have to bill them for this because it's really not part of the maintenance. If they spent just this little bit of money on this protection product, uh, we could really save them a lot. Hey, salesperson, this is what I recommend. Did you want to go talk to them about it? I'll go install it. Right. You know, there's those type of interactions you because have. Because then you're really taking service to another level. Now right. you're proactively trying to improve that customer's business. Yeah. Because, well, I can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Good, no, you go. No, I can just envision the level of, of credibility and trust that I might have with the guy that I do see a little more often, that I see has technical right. competence, that I don't feel like necessarily has an immediate transactional invested interest. And he's saying, hey, Stone, you know, you might want to start thinking about blah, blah, right. blah. I can see that level of credibility and trust really kind of greasing the skids for what I really do exactly. do need. Now, your profession, in our experience, we've been doing this show a while, so we've had a chance through training pros to, to meet a lot of, of learning professionals. Uh, our sense is that you guys are pretty collegial. You're pretty good about helping each other out. Do, do you find that people do come to you and, and say, hey, Jason, you know, we're running into this. Are you, are, are you running into this kind of stuff? Do, do y'all play well together, you guys? Uh, I was, do we play well together? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Thanks. I tell you, I've had a lot of opportunities this year, the, you know, between uh, a few uh, helping present, uh, co-presenting, and then actually presenting on mobile technologies at a conference last year and then was at ATD this year. I can tell you from that, just from those interactions has opened the world to allow me to have uh, discussions where people have either asked me for my advice or same thing. They usually come to me and ask, how are you doing this? At the same time, I'm, I'm picking their brain to see what are they doing. So for me, it's been a lot larger this year uh, that we have those types of interactions. But it's really, it's people, places, and how do I help you get better? It's, it's really the core of all of it uh, when you come down to it. Now, for you personally, I would think that having come through the ranks of, of being the boots on the ground, that right. helps you in thinking holistically of how to get the best outcome. 
It does, but uh, you know, to also be fair, my challenge would be to uh, to make sure that my uh, have a strategy hat on too. So, right. um, a challenge for someone like me to overcome, I, at least personally, is from I, yes, I have a strong understanding of what our business does, all the way down to the actual person we're we're targeting, right, turning the screw, in which the machine, makes me extremely you know? operational, right? <laughs> right. What what you have to be very careful of is that you don't lose sight of what that vision will be. In the future, where do we need to be going right. versus where we are today? So that's a constant thing. Back to your question a minute ago, that that's really what I lean on interactions with with other people is, is to think more like globally and yeah, strategically. No idea is too far out there to at least discuss and see. So what's next for you guys? You know, I think what's next, period, not only for us but for everyone, is really the simulation space. Um, and I know that's a really big word, but when you look at the technology, the today, virtual reality stuff. Well, I mean, you got like your Microsoft Hololens, and then you got uh, Samsung VR, and even the Google Cardboard, where you just right. throw a cell yeah. phone in it, and nothing says it has to be expensive. Right. Right. Uh, so. It, for me, it's all about how do you now, we're back to it, maximizing that hands-on space and make a, make an environment that you can practice without breaking things Right, right in real life. That way, again, you can maximize when you're really standing in front of a piece of equipment or a customer. Um, we often like to say wrap, wrap kind of the whole exercise in a service call. So how do I, every interaction in our training environment, how do I wrap it in a, I received a service call, to I've shaken the customer's hand at the end, said, have a great day and close the service call. All right. How do I wrap everything in that big, mm-hmm. you know, bow? So, yeah, we were talking with a company that does um, the virtual reality for mm. companies that do trade shows, but they have big equipment. So right. instead of bringing the big equipment to the trade show, they put on the virtual reality glasses mm-hmm. and they can kind of see and experience right. the whole equipment without the expense of bringing, right. you know, multi you know, ton. We're going to take them on the road with us on a couple of remote right. broadcasts. That's going to be that's fun. Neat. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's but gonna that's be a lot of fun. coming fast and furious. It really is. I mean, the technology is here, right? Right. And nothing says it can't be the cell phone strapped to your face. I mean, it's here today. <laughs> yeah. How cheap will it be in four years? Right. Yeah. There'll be everyone will have one. So yeah. before we wrap, I want to see if we can help our uh, some of your colleagues out a little bit. You mentioned being promoted in February. Mm. Um, I suspect you still have plenty of street cred <laughs> with the folks that you're trying to, to work with. And I have had people come in in similar situations describe how they also start to get at some point, you know, Jason's really changed <laughs> or, yeah. you know, it's not, yeah. it's not like it was way back then uh-huh. when you were in, in right. the field. So uh, what counsel, if any, might you offer some other people in your arena as they get promoted from from the, that kind of responsibility mm-hmm. into this kind of leadership responsibility? Uh, for me, it's just, it's not lose sight of, of what your audience needs, whatever it is that you came from. What do they need and how can you be a champion for them and balance um, a true business need versus how you can reach them? Um, so for me, quite frankly, it's all about balancing and being that translator, if you will, and helping provide clarity that uh, this is what we need to do. Um, now, you may not 100% agree with this is what we're doing, but for what we can do moving forward, this is the best we can do and how we can help you. And then just be a champion for them. Um, and then secondly, again, for me, from an operational standpoint, is don't lose sight of what strategy you should be doing. It's never too early to start. Right? We're starting to work on a strategy, and it's okay 
to keep building um, a strategy deck over and over. And I'm probably on my sixth one right now, <laughs> and it's not done yet. So don't be afraid to try over and over and over and seek feedback. So you don't learn if you don't ask. So. Now, do you spend some of your time just kind of beta testing kind of wacky ideas out there that you think might work? And sometime of it, sometimes it's just me having a, a, a brain session in front of people to see what their reaction is. Right. Um, all the way from, hey, how cool would it be if I had a... <laughs> so how cool would it be? That's, yeah. a, good <laughs> That's a great line, right? That's right. How cool would it be? Right, That's a I pearl of wisdom. Thing. That's right. And uh, you often can gauge a reaction um, and then begin to balance is, could you actually operationalize that? Or is it just, it's too far down the road? Right. And so yeah, you add it to a list and maybe next year, right? Next simulation. Year. It's on the list. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, after hanging out with you for a half hour, it is absolutely no mystery to me why the organization wanted you in a leadership yeah, uh, position. This has been an absolute delight. Jason, how cool would it be? If we did it again sometime yeah, and you it. came back and got us caught up because by then you will have asked several of those questions, gotten yeah. several of those let's answers. It. it might be fun too, maybe to have someone else in the organization kind of in, that you're working with and describe sure. something that you tried to tackle. You'd be up for that sometime? Sure, let's do it. I think it'd be a blast. In the meantime, um, is there a set of coordinates, a, a LinkedIn, a website, phone number, something that would be appropriate to share for other people in the profession that might just want to connect? with you and to have a conversation. Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, if you want to try to find me there, LinkedIn is uh, uh, the easiest way to find me. Um, feel free to email me if you like. I'm always happy to help answer questions. Uh, it's real simple. Jason.holland at ncr.com. Uh, full transparency. I get a lot of emails. So. <laughs> and you're uh, active in ATD and you speak a lot there, right? Well, so uh, not speak a lot. This was my first year speaking. I am active in uh, ATD. I, I like to attend, but I'm all about keeping my eyes open. Um, and what's next. So uh, speaking at conference last year was all about mobile performance. Uh, I co-presented this year all about using data and analytics to target your audiences. So talk about switching gears. Right. right. Expert speaker, featured guest on the Business Radio X Network. That's the right. Sky, with training the limit. Uh, there, there's no yeah. stopping Drop you, Drop me man. an email and I'll give you an autograph. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this really has been a great deal of fun. Thank you so much, yeah. man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our producer, Ryan Redhawk McPherson, our good friends at Training Pros, and Leanne Langford, and, of course, our guest today, Jason Holland. Until next time, we'll see you on Learning Insights. 